brief time we have known one another, and, and I'm sure a lot of you people here know, that, know this already, but I want to echo it. You have a great pastor. You be thankful for him. You thank God that God has brought him to Loomis Park Baptist Church. Uh, you know, I, 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 I sense his heart and what he's about, and, and it's real. And uh, boy, I, I do rejoice in that. Also, Loomis Park Baptist Church is a great church. I was sitting here thinking tonight during the song service, I'll bet over the years some great things have happened in this auditorium. I mean, from before you were here perhaps, but some great things. And I want to encourage you again tonight, you're not alone in the battle. You're not alone in the work. Now, you've got sister churches that are striving just like you are, and God will continue to bless his word. And I was sitting there in that front pew, and I was coveting that pipe organ. I guess that's real up there, right? I do not believe in continued revelation. I believe the book is complete. But I think I heard God tell me to tell you to give us that pipe organ. I'm not sure. I'm not going <laughs> to. Okay, all right. <laughs> I thought I'd throw that out there. God bless you. You've been good to me. Um, uh, I want to thank the Beckers. I got some uh, coffee cake for this morning. I enjoyed that. Uh, enjoyed the, actually, a lot of people gave me fudge tonight. I don't remember names, but God bless you. Um, I see that um, uh, Pastor Jenkins, Brother Jenkins, his sister's here tonight, and I can't remember the names, but glad that, glad that you're here. This is your home church. That's what you told me. Where are you at? Over here? Yep. What's your, what's your last name? All right. So, boy, glad they're here. I see Kim is here tonight. Don got the injections today. He lays low for a couple days, and Lord willing, things will be better. Rejoice in that. And then Bill Wilson. Oh, what a shocker. I'm so glad he came tonight so there'd be somebody in the front row besides your preacher. And, 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 and sitting right up here, and, and, and Bill played football for me. That's no joke. And he was a Marine, and now he's a corrections officer. He's not moving down here. Don't get any ideas. All right? But... But glad he's here tonight. Glad he's here. Yeah, I was real surprised to see him. Take your Bibles, turn to Revelation in chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. Last night I touched on it very briefly. The church at Philadelphia. I'd like to preach some of that here this evening. Trust it'll be a, a great blessing to you. I do confess, I've never preached anywhere before where they gave me, not only sent me money ahead of time for traveling expenses, but also gave me the love offering before I... And I was tempted. I could pack my bags. I could leave. You know what? I got the love offering already. I mean, I could have headed north. I told, I told my wife that on the phone today. I said, you know what? I really could come home this afternoon. She threatened me, of course. And, and uh, so, so here I am. Glad, glad, glad that, um, hey, I got some bad news for you. I don't know if you, under, you realize this or not, but uh, last year in the month of November, you might want to get a pen out and write this down in the flyleaf of your Bible. Mickey Mouse turned 88 years of age. Are we getting old or what? 88 years of age. That's just so hard for me to, to comprehend. It really is. I, 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 I thank you. Remember we said at the beginning of last night, we agreed ahead of time that you were going to pretend that you like me. And I was going to pretend that I, I like you. All right, we're going to pick it up right there. And trust that God will bless. Why don't you stand with me out of respect for God's word. And I'll read the book of 
Revelation chapter 3 and verse 7, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Father, we ask your blessing tonight upon the Word of God. We're going to try to get right to it. Uh, we want to study together the Scripture, helping to preach some of the Bible truths concerning the church at Philadelphia. Again, encourage Loomis Park Baptist Church. That person that may be here tonight that thinks they're not real important in the ministry, help them to understand that's the devil's lie. That person that maybe thinks they, they, they do not have a big part in what goes on here, God, would you destroy that thought as a thought hatched right from the bowels of hell. God, we pray that this, this evening you would be exalted, your church would be edified, and God, we would take serious the God-ordained command that you have given to the church to reach the world. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. 9.9 .9 million people in Michigan. 160,000 people in Jackson County. That's a lot of people. Where I'm from, that's a lot of people. 33,000 people in the, in the town, in the city of Jackson. And then there are how many people on your street? And how many people in your home? And we're to go forth. We have been commanded by God to be a witness, to be a testimony, and spread the gospel. First to Jerusalem and then Judea and Samaria and under the uttermost parts of the earth. This is your mission conference. This is one of the most important weeks of the year. This week will determine where some people in this world in which we live are going to spend eternity. It reaches right down to where you live and in your home. It has to do with your time. It has to do with your talents. It has to do with your treasure. It has to do with Selling what you have, giving what you have, living what you know is right for the glory of God. That is a New Testament local church. I want you to know tonight that the church is God's idea. I told you last night that I was a local church man from the top of my feet to the, or from the bottom of my feet to the top of my head. I'm, I'm, sometimes I am upside down, but I'm a local church man. I believe that God has ordained the local church, and we are here for, for his purpose. I want to encourage you tonight and remind you tonight that the New Testament local church 
The old ship Zion, like some of the songwriters refer to it as, it is not a cruise ship. It's a battleship. And its hull may be battered, and its sails may be torn, but one day, by the grace of God, it will sail safely into heaven's harbor. And we're to be about the work. We're to, be, we're to be involved in the great commission of reaching this entire world for Christ. It's a daunting task. It really is. And sometimes I think, man, how can it be done? Just a little bit of faith, folks. Just the faith the size of a grain of mustard seed can move mountains. If we would just understand, please, the church at Philadelphia is the church where God lives. It's the church that God is going to use. And, and I know there are other local churches in your county. You that are members of Loomis Park Baptist Church, you have before you the greatest work in all of the world. And I want you to know this. Jesus loves his church. He cherishes his church. Let me give you a little panorama. Bird's eye view, very quickly. World history, Bible history. God created man. And he created man to have fellowship with God. You understand that Adam was created in the image of God. And then he created Eve so Adam wouldn't be alone. And he put them in the garden and he said, you, you tend that garden. You have dominion over this earth. And we'll fellowship with one another for all of eternity. But you and I both know what Adam did. He rebelled against God. Just like you and I do. He rebelled against God in a perfect garden. Man, if God, and God did have the right and does have the right, and he could have just washed his hands of man and said it's over, but he didn't before the foundations of the world. He ordained that the Son of God, the Lamb of God, would come and visit this earth and make a way of redemption for all of, sin, all of mankind. Jesus made a way for sinners to get to God's heaven. That's why I'm going. Man rebelled against God. So then God, God, God provided a way and animal sacrifices were instituted. He taught Adam this. And then there was a man on earth by the name of Abram who loved God. And God said, Abram, because you love me and you're willing to live by faith and you, you obey my commands, I'm going to bless your seed. And I'll bless them that bless your seed and I'll curse them that curse your seed. And, 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 and that seed, of course, are the Hebrew people, the Israelites. God made a great promise to them. And he entrusted to Israel, Romans chapter 5 and verse 2, he entrusted to Israel the oracles of God, the very word of God. And he made messianic promises. And through the seed of Abraham, a Messiah would come. Old Testament church history, about 4,000 years. And then we get to the Messiah, the promised one, visiting this earth, living for 33 years without sin providing himself as the Lamb of God. Six hours he hung on the cross, suspended between earth and heaven. Six hours he hung there and bled out for the, for, for the souls of men. We refer to that as the blood atonement. And then Jesus dismissed his spirit, went to the grave, and took your sins there and my sins there. They were nailed to the cross. He was our sin bearer. And he, he died and took those sins to the grave and left those sins there. And then he rose again on the third day. And he's the living God. A lot of people in the New Testament church don't understand how alive Jesus really is. He's the living God. And he's provided 
the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm going home to heaven. I'm going to send the helper. I'm going to send the, uh, the promised one, the Holy Spirit of God. He will indwell you. He will enable you. He will energize you. I will work through you. You'll be the conduit and the Holy Spirit will provide all of the power, the third person uh, of the Trinity. And the church was born on the day of Pentecost. The church's birthday. Jesus had prepared it, but on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came down. If I remember right, 15, 15 different languages. They spoke in those languages. They preached the word of God. 3,120 people were for the first members of the church of Jerusalem on that very first day. In just a few chapters, I think five chapters, you could count as many as maybe 25,000 people in the church of Jerusalem. Man, it exploded. It exploded. And the first century church, that's what we're supposed to be in the 21st century. We are the church of Philadelphia. God has a plan. And then, of course, he's going to rapture his church out of this world. We, we're delivered from the wrath to come. And, and, and then he's going to turn back. He's going to bring Israel back to himself again during Jacob's sorrow, Jacob's trouble, the seven years we call the tribulation. And then the battle of Armageddon and, and the judgment of the nations. And then the millennial kingdom. And then the eternal state. We are right at the end of the church age. I, I know you've heard preachers preach this. I, I know that preachers for several years now said Jesus is coming again very soon. But I want you to know he's coming again very soon. I don't know the day or the hour and no man does. But here, this is my own little philosophy. Now this is a little extra biblical. But I think it's based in the scripture. But I tell you that ahead of time. Just to, and if you want to disagree with me, that's fine. Jesus, God created the heavens and the earth in six days. The seventh day he rested. A day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. And I'm not being wacky. I'm just saying this. There is 4,000 years of Old Testament history. 2,000 years of church age, church history. That only leaves four and two, that's six. That only leaves the thousand years that is left for the millennial kingdom. I'm saying this. We are right at the end of the church age. These aren't the latter days. These are the latter moments. I really believe we do not have a lot of time. And if we're ever going to have real revival, if we're ever going to have, we're ever going to really be able to make hay like we're told to, and like the first century church did, it's now. It is time. Let's read about the church at Philadelphia. I'll give you some background here very quickly. There are seven churches in Asia Minor. You're familiar with this. First three chapters of the book of Revelation lists those seven churches. And then chapter 4 and verse 1, that's a picture of the rapture. Chapter 4, chapter 5, and, and then we get into the tribulation period ju just, just after that. And, 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 and God, I almost went off on a tangent there. I don't have time to preach another message. I, I'm not going to do that right now. The church at Philadelphia was the one church that God, that Jesus, had nothing negative to say about. Now, that doesn't mean that it was a perfect church. It means it was a church that stayed right with God, confessed their sins, confessed to God, and stayed and kept close accounts, and God was able to use them. Verse 7 says, And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church. 
contrary to the Laodicean church that doesn't know it needs revival and doesn't know it's not right with God and knows nothing of the power of God and is a form of godliness but denies the power thereof. I know a whole lot of churches that fit in that category. I know a lot of churches that fit in that category. There's the church at Philadelphia that doesn't have a lot and yet they love God. They don't put up with false doctrine. They keep their sins confessed and God is able to use them. And this is Jesus speaking to them, and, and, and he that is holy. 1 Peter 1, verse 15 and 16. As he is holy, we're to be holy. He that is true. John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. They're genuine. He that hath the key of David. Isaiah chapter 22, and verses 22 and 23. Messianic overtones there. Jesus Christ is absolute authority. Here's what you need to know. Loomis Park Baptist Church belongs to Jesus Christ. Belongs to Christ. This is Christ's church. Doesn't belong to you. You go to Loomis Park Baptist Church. You're some of the makeup of Loomis Park Baptist Church. But Christ has purchased the church with his blood. If we are going to honor anybody... We need to honor the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't need any hero worship other than Jesus Christ being our absolute hero. Captain of the faith. Bridegroom to the church. By the way, if Jesus is king, then the local church is queen. But the church is not an end in itself. We're a conduit. We get to be the bride of Christ. I know we don't understand how special that makes us. Paul said to the church of Corinth, I hath not seen nor ear, ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. I'm telling you the best is yet to come for the church. I believe that the, the greatest chapters of the church are yet to be written. And it's going to be quick. I alluded to the statewide revival that we're all working towards. Man, it's time. It's time we get right with God. It's time Loomis, pa Loomis Park Baptist Church is everything it used to be and more. It's time we get closer to God than we have ever been before. It's time we, we fall in love with our Savior. I mean, and, and it's real. And it's an unfeigned faith. It's pure. It's real. And we love God. We're head over heels in love with our Savior. If we get there, then we would stop being cynical. Then we would stop pulling our punches. Then we would stand out for God. It says here to the Philadelphia church in verse 8, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door. I say this tonight. God knows our struggle. Man, we aren't perfect, are we? I struggle every day. Hudson Taylor of the famed China Inland Mission said, how is it that God was able to use you in the land of China? His response, when God was ready to evangelize China, he looked and tried to find someone who was nothing enough and weak enough, a vessel that he could use. And Hudson Taylor said, by the grace of God, I'll be that man. Just in case you think you, 
You've accomplished a lot for God. I'm here to tell you you haven't. Just in case you think you are one that has arrived, I'm here to tell you you haven't. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Philippians. Philippians in chapter 3. Verse 7. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 7. I'll testify to you while you're turning there. If you knew my testimony, and the fact that I'm a preacher, if you knew my testimony, you'd laugh me out of the building. I'm serious. In my high school, if you were to take all the upperclassmen, about 140, and put them in the gymnasium, and you were to just have them get in a big line from the shortest to the tallest, and someone with some spiritual discernment were to come into that gymnasium and say, and and they were told to choose the one that God would call to preach and God would use, I'd have been the last guy chosen. I still get this from time to time. Because my hometown's like 10 miles. Tim Reader, I still can't believe you're a preacher. I get that yet from time. You know what I tell them? The grace of God. The grace of God. And if God can use Tim Raider, God can use anybody. And, and, and if I ever get to the place, and I don't get to be a big shot. I mean, I, I, um, I, I, I stick my foot in my mouth enough that, you know, there's, no, there's not a lot of room for ego. And I get enough ego, believe me, for 10 men. I do. Sometimes I, I find a way to get both feet in my mouth at, at one time. I've, I've, I've gotten myself in trouble so many times. And, and yet God, God chooses to use the nobodies. That's amazing to me. It is amazing. Verse 7 says this. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Paul said, all my, great, all my great accomplishments. Understand, Saul of Tarsus, promising young rabbi, member of the Sanhedrin. This young man is going places, and he meets Jesus. He gets born again. He's, he's adopted into the family of God. And all of his accomplishments, all those past accomplishments, I think he knew five languages. I, you know, he was a brilliant man. All those accomplishments, Paul says, it's a pile of manure. It means absolutely Nothing. We get small enough, God can use us. By the way, God doesn't need any talent. God doesn't need a Hollywood smile. I'm telling you, I'm the last one to be able to stand up in front of someone and preach. I marvel at the grace of God. Go to 1 Corinthians in chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. God has a plan for your life. God has a will. Perhaps someone is here this evening and God God is calling you to missions. I'm telling you this, surrender to God. Don't be afraid of the future. Don't be afraid of what the world has out there. Don't be afraid of death. Surrender to God so God can start to use you. I can't preach a lick. I cannot preach a lick. I, I don't have that kind of mentality. I just, anything I have, it's because it's, God gave it to me. It's not naturally there. I was an introvert's introvert. The only place I had any kind of 
wherewithal was on the football field. Everything else, man, I'll just cower in a corner. It's amazing. God chooses the nobodies. Life is an adventure when you surrender to God. I first surrendered to the mission field because I thought God had put me on an island somewhere, some desert island, and nobody had known me, and I could witness to a few people in a hut somewhere, and, I, and, and it was just little baby steps, and God just kind of increased my vision. And, and when I finally surrendered in that little area, God gave me more and gave me more. It's amazing. I never believed I'd pastor a church like Fundamental Baptist Church. Those people actually loved me. I got deacons that actually loved me. I have a mother-in-law that actually, and she's in heaven now. She really loves me. She had great testimony. I'll share that maybe some night. I, 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 sometimes I sit on the platform during the song service, and this is my chair here. And if you're a visiting preacher, just remember you're going to sit over there, all right? Or maybe over there. But if you sit here, man, that, that, that bothers me. If this is my chair, I'll sit right here. During the song service, the place starts to fill up. I, I'm so in love with God. I'm so, what a privilege it is to be one of his God-called preachers. And every once in a while, I'll lay an egg and I fall flat on my face and God's just reminded me, hey, it wasn't you, buddy. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, verse 27. Verse 26, For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world, that's me, to confound the things which are wise, and that God hath chosen the weak things of the world, that's me, to confound the things which are mighty, and the base things, that's the nobodies, that's me, the base things of the world, and the things which are despised, hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. The reason God uses nobodies is so that when, God, when something happens, we know it was God that did that. It's God that has done this. And we don't get that little Nebuchadnezzar thing going like, look what I've done. Man, God doesn't need talent. Maybe what you ought to do is surrender to him and see what God is going to do. I, I think that everybody should surrender to be a missionary. Everybody. He may not lead you there, but you ought to surrender. You ought to say, God, here am I, send me. And he, he's going to want most of you to stay right here. Maybe all of you. Who knows? Maybe, maybe a, 10 of you are going to. But the fact is, surrender. There's all kinds of missions. Go back again to Philippians, or excuse me, Revelation and chapter 3. Revelation and chapter 3. God knows our struggle. I'm sure the Loomis Park Baptist Church has some struggles and has had struggles in the past. God knows them. You're just the kind of people and just the kind of church that God wants to use. Verse 8. I know that works, and behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength, not a lot of resources. Again, God doesn't need your talent. God doesn't need your money. God wants your heart. As a people of God, if we would just serve God with our heart. You said that today. If we just serve God with our heart, he'll take over. He'll provide everything that needs to be provided. Not a lot of resources. I think of Fundamental Baptist Church. I know our situation. 
Not a lot of resources. But God is there every step of the way. I love my dad. I referred to him last night. I never referred to him at home, so let me talk about him a little bit tonight. Would you do that? He is my real hero. I love my dad with all of my heart. He's not a touchy-feely kind of guy. Always been a hard worker. Cement finisher. Big Popeye forearms. All of my life. That's what I remember. It's hard to see him now. He's old, gray, got a little bit of a belly. My dad never had a belly. He's humped over just a little bit, and he walks with little steps. Where's cowboy boots yet? But he walks with just, just little steps. He's a great man of God. He's up at 5 o'clock, still to this day, every single morning with his Bible open at the kitchen table. It's no wonder he raised some kids that went in the ministry. My dad wasn't the perfect dad. Taught me a lot about life. Taught me how to ride a horse. Grew up with a lot of horses. Taught me how to fall a tree. Taught me how to hoist a hockey puck. One day I said to him, Dad, what about golf? He said, son, we're Christians. Take that for what it's worth. <laughs> but my dad, man, even today, uh, he'll be in the middle section of the pews, and he'll be on the outside. There's an aisle right here, and it'll be about six rows back. And if he's not there, I know somebody's sick. My dad has met my need over and over again. Now I have my own home. And I have a heavenly father as well. And he's always meeting my needs. The church at Philadelphia was a church that did not have a lot of resources. But they obeyed the book. Hold on to your Bible. Don't let anybody take your Bible away from you. You have the word of God. Right. I love the King James Bible. Amen. I'm a Textus Receptus guy. I love the scriptures. Here's what I found out in 36 years. The Bible works. When man doesn't work, the Bible works. When promotions don't work and programs don't work, the Bible still works. We've got the very word of God. It says here in verse 8, For thou hast a little strength and hast kept my word and hast not denied my name. The church of the Great Commission is the Philadelphia church. The grass withereth and the flower fadeth, but the word of our Lord endureth forever. The Philadelphia church is the mission-minded church of the Great Commission. Loomis Park Baptist Church is to be the church of the Great Commission. You're to be evangelistic. You're to be discipling. You're to be baptizing converts. The baptistry waters need to be moving all of the time. We talked about this yesterday. I, I've been in it long enough. I know this. Every church cycles. Every church cycles. And that's a good thing. You go through times of great harvest. Guy, people are getting saved. Women are getting saved. Men are getting saved. Children are getting saved. Man, it's just one right after the other. And weeks, it'll go on like that. And wow, Sunday morning, a man sat way in the back of the church. And, and, and when I gave the altar call and I asked for those that wanted to receive Christ, his hand shot right up. 
He said, man, look at me. He looked right up at me. He walked the aisle, walked all of the full length of the church. Hard to do it from the back of the church, especially when it's the first time you've ever been there. And I had a soul winner take him aside and he got born again. That happens all the time. We're to be churches of the Great Commission. A Philadelphia church will always have an altar call. A Philadelphia church will be a church that, that holds to the Word of God. A Philadelphia church may not have a lot of resources, but it doesn't matter. They've got a great Heavenly Father that's in Heaven, and He's going to meet all of the needs. And I'm telling you, our Heavenly Father knows the struggles of His people in the Philadelphia church. Here's a great truth also in verse 8. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. The church of the open door. Loomis Park Baptist Church needs to be the church of the open door. You know what? There's only one person that can open that door. That's Christ. He'll bless a mission-minded church. He'll bless a people that are a Philadelphia people. By the way, Philadelphia, you know what it means. Brotherly love. They'll know you are my disciples by your love one for another. You ought to have, and you've got to constantly develop it. I warn our people all the time. You can't just preach it once or twice and everybody nod their head and say amen. Say, yes, sir, we love one another. You've got to, you, you've got to develop it all the time, all the time. You've got to look out, look for visitors and fall all over them when they come. And, and, and you've got to remind one another that, that you love one another and remind one another that we've got to show this love. That's the, that's the thing that's going to pull them towards Christ. I'm talking about the lost. Not that you're carrying a King James Bible. Not that you got your hair cut right or you're, you're dressed right. You know what's really going to draw them? The love of Christ. We had a lady get saved and baptized just recently, and she started to catch it from her, from her family um, uh, all around her. Said, oh, now you're a fundamentalist. You're going to put your hair in a bun. You're going to wear a jean skirt. Yeah, oh, yeah. You're, now you're a fundamentalist. Man, we ought not to be known for that. We ought to be known for a, as a love for a love for our Savior. Well, when they come in, they ought to, it's better felt than telt. You know that? They ought, they ought to sense, hey, something's going on here. Like, like, like God is alive. Like, like Jesus is real. I preached Sunday morning a message. I'm developing it. I'm going to preach it sometime at different revivals. I'm not ready to preach it. It's not a mission conference message. What I remember the first time I attended a fundamental church. And uh, mom and dad got saved uh, at that church. But the thing that I remember, one of the things I remember as a little boy is that I came in is that I, people were carrying the Bible. People acted like they, they, they wanted to be there. There was laughter. There was joy. The guy that got up in the, in the pulpit actually opened his Bible and he preached a message like he meant it. I never heard anything like that in my life. I remember the, the morning that my dad made the announcement. My dad, beer drinking, ham's beer, cigars smoking. My dad, who I love very dearly, I'm in seventh grade, and, and, and all, all they've ever been about is partying, and my dad made the announcement, we're going to church this morning. Man, I almost fell over. I remember thinking this, you got to be kidding. We're going to church. I, we go to church twice a year, dead Orthodox church, and man, you talk about boring. Man, dad, you got to be kidding, Dad. Are you okay? I didn't say that out loud. I would never say that to my dad, you know, especially at that point in life. But, but he made the announcement, man, Dad gets saved, Mom gets saved. Man, what? Hey, I, was saved, I was actually saved uh, two years before that at a vacation Bible school at another church. Very, very vivid, very vivid. 
Knew I was born again, but man, I, I couldn't believe it. Jesus Christ makes all the difference in the Philadelphia church. You want, to, you want to get involved in world missions like you've never been involved before? You start loving God like you've never loved him before. That's, that's all you've got to do. Hey, there's some good news along with, with being the church of a great harvest. And, 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 and think outside the box. How can God use us as a local church as far as the harvest, as far as winning people to Christ? Now, we haven't had a team for about... I, I was going to say 10 years, but I was thinking about it today. It's been 20 years. We used to have a local church hockey team. Uh, a lot of men in the church, we all grew up playing hockey. And, uh, you know, and we said, hey, let's, let's start playing hockey again. All right, so we'd rent the arena, and we'd play every Monday night. And then pretty soon we'd rent the arena on, on Friday night, and we'd play. And then somebody bought us some uniforms, and, and we started playing other teams, men's teams. And we were using it as an evangelistic thing. Think outside the box. Who have you ever heard of getting saved at a hockey game? What we would do is we'd play another team, and we'd pay for the ice time, and, 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 we, and, we, and then we would buy pizza for the other team, invite them over to our locker room, and if they wouldn't come, we'd go over to their locker room, we'd be bearing gifts, we'd be bearing pizza. And we'd, 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 we'd go out there, and we'd offer them the pizza, and say, hey guys, you know, we bought the pizza, how about giving me just five minutes? And they'd always listen. Man, old grizzled, toothless men, bowing and receiving Christ, and tears running down their cheeks. Men that never darkened the door of a church, but because a New Testament local church thought outside the box just a little bit and, and, and went after people. I only know of one other church that ever had, and I heard about it since then, um, uh, that had a church hockey team, and that was down in southern Ontario, Brother Al Stone's church. I don't know if you know him or not. You know, that's the only other church I ever, and it's a good thing we didn't know one another then because we'd have had a game, and we'd have, it wouldn't have been good. I know it wouldn't have been good. Two teams of fundamentalists. But think outside the box. What do you have that God can use? Surrender it to God. Time, talent, maybe it's treasure. Maybe you have a toy you need to sell that isn't sinful in and of itself, but you don't need it. And that money could be used by, for missions. Right. I, have, I have no idea. I'm just throwing that out there. Surrender what you have to God. Look at verse 10. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. 1 Thessalonians 1.10. We have been delivered from the wrath to come. What temptation, what trouble is going to impact the entire world? The seven years of tribulation. The Philadelphia church is going to be raptured out of this world. We have been delivered from the wrath to come. Something else. I started out with this tonight. Jesus is coming. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. We need more Philadelphia churches in the year 2017. We need to encourage sister churches. We need to do more for the cause of Christ than we have ever done before. Second Corinthians, let's go there and close. Second Corinthians in chapter 12. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse seven. Philadelphia church. I wanna be part of that church. 
These were seven literal churches in Asia Minor, but they also pictured seven kinds of churches today. And I think even seven segments of the, of the church age. And we're, we're right now to the last one, Laodicean. You look around, you doubt that, you look around you. Local churches that used to, used to carry water for God, they're not interested in carrying water for God. They're rich, they got more money than they've ever had, and they don't even know they're sick. They don't even know they're blind. The emperor has no clothes. They don't even know they're naked. They don't have the righteousness of Christ. Loomis Park Baptist Church doesn't have to be that kind of church. I don't think you are. Be that Philadelphia church that is faithful to God until the sound of the trumpet. B.R. Lakin used to say, I'll not lay down my sword until I can lean it against the wall, walls of the celestial city. You know, but stay in the harness for God. Be faithful for God. Maybe, maybe you're an old man. I told you I turned 60 just this last month, the month of March. And I, I told somebody here tonight, the difference between 50 and 60 is two different worlds. It's unbelievable to me. It is. And maybe you don't have the energy you used to have, but you've got other things. Other things to offer your Savior. Give what you've got to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Paul had just gotten through being taken up to heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, he says, man, I don't know, but I saw things that were unspeakable. i got to tell you, the best is yet to come. I, I, I want you to know, we, remember Adam? We were designed to fellowship with God. Just in case in the back of your mind you're thinking, I don't know if I'm going to really enjoy heaven. How could that be? How could that? You have no idea. Because all you have is a mortal mind right now. You, you're, you're in the flesh. We were built to live with God. To worship God. To fellowship with God. Understand that. Paul was taken to heaven. He was given a thorn in the flesh. It says, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. Three seasons he spent in prayer. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. This is it. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For when I am weak, skip all the way down to the end of verse 10, for when I am weak, then am I strong. God hath chosen the base. God hath chosen the weak. God isn't in, in, in need of any kind of talent. He's got all the talent, anything, anybody would ever need. He doesn't need a Hollywood personality. He's just looking for vessels. And whatever your weakness is, if you would surrender that weakness to God, that's where God's strength will rest. I'm telling you, Tim Rader cannot speak publicly, but I surrendered it to God. And God enables me. And I struggle. But God blesses. The deal is this. You have a weakness. You say, I could never teach a Sunday school class. Man, I could never go out and, and, and knock on doors and tell people to ride the bus. I could never do that. I, man, I, I, could never, I could never stand up in front of people and do a special number. I, I, whatever your weakness is, surrender it to God. I told you everybody ought to surrender to missions. And then let God tell you no. You stay right there. Whatever you have, you surrender it to God. You be that Philadelphia church member. There's no telling what God will do with this ministry. There's no telling. 
I'm, I'm asking you not to limit God. I'm asking you to just get a little bit of faith. Size of a grain of mustard seed, boy, that's pretty small. That just really says, that tells us how faithless we really are. Trust God for big things. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. God in heaven, we have nothing to brag about. We can't stand in our own righteousness, for we have none. We're just sinners saved by grace. Thank you for making a way for Tim Rader to go to heaven, for my loved ones to go to heaven. Thank you for these that are here tonight that are born again and 